Welcome to Cyber CEO, wherein we talk about how our cyber backers helped our cyber CEOs take their businesses to the next level. Cyber CEO is powered by Cyberbacker, the world's leading provider of admin support services from anywhere in the world to anyone in the world. Please visit our website www.cyberbacker.com for more details. Another awesome day here at Cyberbacker. My name is Jello. We're back with another episode of Cyber CEO. And of course, we have a very special guest on the show. Mike, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much for asking and for dropping by. I know you have a lot of things to do. Really appreciate the time here today. Now, um, to start things off, to let you know, we have a lot of listeners who are business owners, just like yourself. So I need your help. Um, can you tell us something about yourself and your business? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, first off. Um, yeah, so just a little bit about me. I am somewhat of an oddity, I think, sometimes in these circles. So I run a real estate investment company uh, where we focus on rentals, lending private money or hard money, um, self-storage facilities, and then a host of other things, including Airbnbs, wholesales, running a meetup. And I also run a Facebook group dedicated to first responders and financial freedom called First Responder Financial Freedom, where we have a group and a weekly podcast. And that ties in because I still hold a full-time job as a career firefighter uh, just outside the Washington, D.C. area. So I blend the two of those things together. And that's just in a nutshell what I do. Um, so that's me. Gosh, I can only imagine how busy you are every day. Quite busy, I'm assuming, looking at that calendar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of white space on there because I also have a wife and two kids, uh, oh, in that mix also. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Now, how long have you been in the uh, real estate world though, in the real estate business? Uh, right around eight to nine years, somewhere around there. Gotcha. And you mentioned you have, um, you have a page that you're managing right now. How long has that been going on? I've had first responder financial freedom for probably about two years. Oh gosh. I can only imagine just really how busy no more whites on that calendar now um right. also how about working with someone virtual though working with cyberbacker how long have you been doing that so far so my business partner in some of my real estate ventures he has had a cyberbacker for probably about 3 years and then our we've had another cyberbacker through our joint entity for probably just under 2 years so um I would say all in all, my experience with virtual assistants has been about two to three years. Three years now, working with someone virtual, though. Now, how did you find out about Cyberbacker in the first place, though, Mike? Uh, I was introduced to Cyberbacker by my business partner, who is also a Keller Williams realtor. And they uh, obviously are kind of closely knit in that group. So that's how I originally was introduced to Cyberbacker. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, what were your um, first thoughts, though, about the idea of working with someone virtual? Was, uh, was there any, let's say, um, fears or let's say any, um, any things that were pushing you back? From, I'm not sure this is going to work for me, things like that. Yeah, so I was actually against it. I did not want a virtual uh, team member because I had gone that route before through some other platforms, not necessarily an agency. And... Um, Looking back, some of it was the 
selection or lack of selection criteria that I utilized. Secondly, I also did not provide, I don't think, clear enough instruction and direction. At that point in time, my business was not as SOP-driven as it is today. So I feel like I pretty much set that person up for failure without realizing it. And at the time, looking again, looking back, I was fearful of just repeating the same issue. So I thought if somebody was local, I would be able to have a better uh, chance of success. Now, after working with cyberbackers, um, we used obviously an agency or a concierge type service where a lot of the screening was done ahead of time. And we also kind of grew up a little bit more as a business and a business owner where we provided a little more framework for these folks to step into, whereas before it was very laissez-faire. And sometimes that's important, but sometimes that's not good also. <laughs> True. Um, so to where now, to where now I... um my experience with somebody that's a cyberbacker has been what I can only describe as great. So there are some little nuances where you have to just work on, but um, no different than if a team member was local either. Here we go. So what really pushed you then? You already had a bad experience before cyberbacker. What pushed you to say, hey, maybe I can try the virtual world again? What pushed you to do that? Uh, largely my business partner uh, was advocating for it. And I obviously trust what he says. And not that you just want to take everything hook, line and sinker. I had played devil's advocate a little bit, but he made a lot of very good propositions to where I was like, you know what? There's a lot of folks in my ecosystem, we'll call it, that have done very well using virtual assistants, whether it be cyber backers or somewhere else. Why are they having a different success than we are? Is it really that there's no good virtual assistant out there? No. Uh, so I really, I just took the finger instead of pointing outward, just pointed it inward and said, you know what? Let's give it a shot. I think if we find the right person and we actually pour into them, we'll be successful. So that's basically the yeah. mindset and mind shift I had to have going into it. So really a different kind of perspective now. And the second time around that you've been working with someone who's virtual. Now, I wanted to know though, why do you need to hire virtual leverage? Why do you need the leverage in your business? Uh, what help did you need from Cyberback? Well, I need lots of help, but uh, <laughs> it, it really came down to, um, like I, I rattled off all of the different things that I am in, if you will. And there's certain things that I can basically record the process so that it's replicatable. And therefore, I can offload that onto somebody to then make sure that it's being executed upon. And then that frees up my bandwidth to then focus on things that either I do really well or only I can do within my business. So by being able to sit there and I deleted a lot of stuff, I started to delegate a lot of stuff. And at that point, uh, it was able to allow me to define what I was really able to do. And that that's really why I needed it, because I knew that I was just the hamster in the wheel and I was never going to get off that wheel unless I, I started to share some of the workload. So that that's why I did it, because I just didn't have enough hours in the day to get the things done that I needed to get done to move the needle. Now, talking about moving the needle, then 24 hours sometimes in any kind of business isn't really enough. I know you and I can both agree on that. You already mentioned it earlier. So if ever we could, let's say, um, 
breakdown the whole 24 hours what tasks do you really hate to do but you have to do that you now can leverage to someone else there's a lot of things i don't like to do but um a lot a lot of the and i think this a lot of entrepreneurs can kind of relate to this you're very big picture and you're very out there just trying to kill so you can eat so to speak and with all of those opportunities that you go out there and generate oftentimes you don't have somebody because you're not the best at it able to handle all of the little details or behind the scenes stuff for instance if you are out there looking at buying houses to fix and flip or fix them up and rent them or whatever that looks like you might be really great at identifying the house the area the pricing the contractors the materials the fit finish all of those things but on the back end there's utilities there's accounts payable there's accounts receivable there's uh, all these little things uh th this bill needs paid this tax needs updated this hud needs sent to this accountant this needs done Th those things I was able to systematically offload from my plate onto my cyber backers plate. And then just generally just being a second set of eyes on my schedule. So, hey, I have my cyber backer coordinate our weekly team meetings with our team members. So they organize the itinerary. They pull all the information from the different buckets, like out of QuickBooks, out of Airbnb, out of all this stuff. So they can sit there and set up the template for our weekly meetings, they can send out the link, they can manage it, they can take notes. Because if you leave that up to me, or most entrepreneurs, they're probably going to be like, Oh, yeah, I'll take notes, I'll get that done. But then between that meeting and the meeting being over, something's come up. And now they're over here, um, handling <laughs> that issue or that opportunity. So it's allowed me to just kind of offload a lot of the administrative and behind the scenes work, I always say, or non forward facing items that I didn't necessarily enjoy. I wasn't that great at, and uh, it allows me to kind of focus more on the things I do enjoy that give me energy that I want to get out there and do. Um, and that frankly, I can't have other people do. Now, if you don't mind me asking there, because we have, we get that a lot. What should I leverage to someone who's virtual? Again, you mentioned earlier that there are a lot of things that you don't want to do, but things that have to be done. Now, how do you really pinpoint the yeah, the pain points that you really have to leverage to someone who is virtual, though. How do you do that? So I've this was not my idea. I'm not that smart. So I just usually beg, borrow, and steal other people's ideas. But I heard somebody say, carry a notepad around with you for a couple of days and literally write down everything you do. All right. Paid bills, transferred utilities, called this bank, you know, organize this lock change with this tenant, whatever. Just write it all down keep a couple of days worth and then go through and like highlight the stuff either that you like to do or highlight the stuff you don't like to do. And then take that list and say, you know what, here's all of these things that I either like to do or don't like to do and then rank them. Uh, like I really don't like QuickBooks or I really don't like talking to tenants, whatever it is, and then build a list. And then what you can do is like we did, we worked with cyber backers. We identified a job profile, basically. I think they call it a one sheet. Because the person that's going to excel maybe at these 10 items where it's accounts payable, accounts receivable, QuickBooks, uh, those types of things, that, that profile is not necessarily going to translate to somebody that's going to enjoy cold calling 
and be good at it or concierge phone call type systems um, that it might be two different um, people like you're, you're you can't yeah, sit yeah. there and make the accountant be the really bubbly salesperson if you can great that's a unicorn but that doesn't usually happen so what we did is we said like hey these are the big tasks that we want to offload off of our plate we identified what that job position looked like and uh, you could call it an executive assistant you could call it a office manager you could call it a bookkeeper whatever you want but it was that was the profile that we came up with of what we were going to offload first and then over time we've offloaded some of this to this person but the person doing my quickbooks behind the scenes is not going to be typically the same person that's doing your social Who's media gonna management. Columns, yeah. You know. Totally agree there. So really it's um it depends on what kind of person you're looking for and you have to match it to the things that you need help with basically, right? Yeah. I mean, really there there's people out there that enjoy social media management, there's people that enjoy cold calling, there's people that enjoy figuring out where that last 14 cents needs reconciled in QuickBooks. They're not always the same people, but you need to identify what the needs of your business are and then find the appropriate person to fill that. Um, and it doesn't have to be you and they don't have to necessarily be local. Um, if anything, over the last two to three years, it's proven that a lot, a lot of the work that we do can be done remotely. Even Absolutely. stuff that you wouldn't necessarily believe could be done remotely. I mean, you you can literally flip a house without ever stepping foot in it. Oh, you know, how do you do that? I mean, don't want me asking there. How do you do that? How do you flip a house without even stepping in there? How do you do that? Well, well, I think <laughs> I have no idea. Anybody, so. <laughs> that's, anybody that's flipped a house can probably get a chuckle. As the the most challenging part of a flip is the contractors. So first, you have to really have a good working relationship with your crew and the the contractors, if you will. Um, but with FaceTime and photos and GoPros and Dropbox oh, okay. and whatnot, there's a lot of different ways you can sit there and do checks and balances. So if you have an SOP for these are the materials, mm. like this is the carpet, this is the paint, this is the everything, you basically control the fit and finish. So you have a predictable outcome. Like you know what the product's going to look like. You don't leave it up to your contractor to pick the paint colors in most cases. Um, because they might have thought like a really, you know, futuristic color of teal was the best color to paint the wait, uh, the, I almost said waiting room, the living room. Um, you don't want that, but you can sit there and say like, Hey, this is the carpet. It's paid for you. It's ready to be picked up. This is the paint. Everything's ordered. Cause let's face it, home, Home Depot, Lowe's, those types of places are pretty okay. accessible in most, most parts yeah. of the areas people are working in. So once you have the SKU item number, whatever the case you can sit there and pretty much pick all the materials for the house that you would need. So, um, and then you can, like I said, checks and balances. You can have like your realtor that's going to list it, make sure that they come check on it for you. Um, hey, I'm guaranteeing you the listing on maybe both sides of the deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they can sit there and kind of be your eyes and ears on the ground so that you can ensure that the the picture and the qualities, the, the picture all that uh, matches yeah. the quality that is in fact there, or you can pay to have a home inspection done before you list it. All these little things so that you can kind of remotely manage that operation. Um, so, gosh, imagine so really everything you can already do everything online, working from home basically, or just again, just being online no matter where you are. Now, you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. that it's really important to have a good relationship with your contractor. 
is what you talked about earlier. But how do you do that? Let's say a contractor could be someone who's um, a few miles away from you. But now with Cyberbacker, that's someone who's thousands of miles away from you. How do you connect with that person? How do you make that partnership work? How do you make it successful? Sure. So just to be clear, the definition of contractor I was using was like swinging a hammer, painting a house, that kind of (laughs) stuff. I think the definition you're using is uh, like a contractor is in like a somebody that works on your team, um, like we've been discussing. So we we discuss them or we we basically treat the the cyber backers as team members as if they were right here. So in order to stay connected, one of the things we do is we don't necessarily do the morning or daily huddle that most people talk about. We do use a push to talk app called Voxer where we communicate frequently throughout the day. Um, sometimes we use just regular text messaging or a call on the phone. Um, we also do meetings throughout the week and. On Fridays, we bring our entire team together where we talk. We do a Google Meet, um, just much like the Zoom uh, platform. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got their own component that they're responsible for. So that obviously there is a little bit of um, detachment just because everybody is virtual. We're not in person. But I do think we're able to maintain a pretty good working relationship, a personable relationship, even though you're not. Uh, like in a physical face-to-face relationship. So so really you have to be very intentional with your cyber backer then because again, you're already working with a person who's again, thousands of miles away from you. So being personable, personable as what you mentioned earlier and also just being intentional that you really want to know who the cyber backer is, being in touch with them personally, not just because of the business. Is that right? Yeah. And that's, uh, again, that's something I'd, even whenever we switched to cyber backers that I wasn't maybe that great with. Um, if you sit there and have a better understanding of what your cyber backers goals are and how that then can correlate to what your business needs are, you can, it doesn't have to be like they, they can't get this because we need that. It's like, okay, well let's sit there and how can we um, basically give our cyber backer, or like, we don't even call them cyber backers. We just call them teammates. Like, and on our Voxer chat, yeah. it's called dream team. It's not cyber backer. You know, it's, we, we have dream team and um, that's, that's how we communicate. But uh, myself, I didn't necessarily do the best job with that initially, but now I take a focused effort. So one of the folks we're working with now, like I, was talking to them about the books they're reading and why they're reading that book and what their five-year goal looks like. And I, frankly, I didn't have a great understanding of a lot of the things that take place where some of the cyberbackers are from. So um, I, I think it was pretty cool to sit there and learn that cyberbackers has a program on how to get a home or get a car or those types of things. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know they did profit sharing because that that kind of thing um, from my point of view. I just didn't realize it. But um, now that I do, we make it a point to talk about some of those things, even if it's not like daily, but just so we kind of have an understanding like what their goals are, what their needs are, what their interests are. And then, yeah. So just basically um, knowing what your cyber backer wants, let's say as what you mentioned, this five-year goal, any kind of goals, just being personable with them, being attached to your cyber backer. Now, one last question for you before we I let you go today. 
you've been working with um, cyberbackers for a while now. So what I'd like to know is what's been the biggest impact of virtual leverage to your business as of today? Like I said, it frees up my bandwidth to the point where if I get something in the front door, I know that I can hand it off to somebody and it's going to be effectively handled. And if there is an issue, I know that they're going to reach out to me and say, hey, Mike, I don't understand this part or, hey, we sent it to this person, but this is still the issue. Um, it's where I can have somebody handling a lot of the details and connecting the dots so that I can still have my head up and looking out versus always just looking down at the ground, you know, wrestling through the weeds. So I would say that's the biggest impact it's had on me. And sometimes it's hard to quantify, you know, it did this, it did that. But looking back, it, it allowed me to have the bandwidth to go out and learn as much as I could have learned initially about a whole new asset class. Um, like I said at the beginning, we've moved into hard money lending and self-storage, whereas before we were doing nothing but flipping, wholesales, Airbnb, uh, that kind of stuff. So that was very time intensive um, by handing off a lot of the stuff that happens behind the scenes with those projects. It allowed me the room to be able to go and study the, the new asset class. Whereas before, there was no time in the day to go learn about a new asset class because I was too busy trying to just, you know, Pulling put everything. my head down and run through walls day after day after day. So that's the biggest impact. Gosh, more time to focus on the business, more time to focus on your growth personally. Now, Mike, we are very, very excited to see the continued growth of this partnership and success all throughout the years. And again, thank you very much for dropping by today. I had fun talking to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. For listening to our daily dose of Cyber CEO. Stay tuned to know more about how Cyberbacker creates a difference in this digital time and age. You can visit our website www.cyberbacker.com and follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Spotify.